That's such a good. The best subscription service out there, the the Jumbo Diet Coke Machine subscription at AMC. Brunch! Hit it, boys! Episodes dropping a little late this time, and you're probably wondering... What, were they just hanging out eating grapes at Viral Town all day? Yeah. Sorry. My guy over here with the viral capital V tweets. You know what the trick to going viral was for me? Not sending it from my account. That's true, yeah. <laughs> That's true. If that came from my have... account, what's that getting? If, if that came from my account... Now, we, we don't need to explain the tweet because everyone, if you've been on Twitter the last couple of days, even if you don't follow any of us, you've just seen it. It's got hundreds of retweets. Uh, but if that comes from my account, what are we looking at? Four retweets max? Yeah, probably. And also, I would have been mad if you said that from your personal account because that is that tweet is like so painfully on brand for brunch. Like We spent four episodes talking about how uh, Dick Richards, famously the original director of Jaws, could not differentiate between a shark and a whale. That is true. There's some like IP where like our imaginary lawyers yeah. need to step in at certain points. Like certain thing like there's Pete things that are brought to brunch and there are DJ things that are brought to brunch. And, but then there are just things that it's kind of like things. it's kind of like like a song can sound like Paul McCartney or a song can sound like John Lennon, but a lot of songs just sound like the Beatles. Yes. Yeah. And and like if if we're not going to send that uh if we're not going to send that tweet from the brunch account, then why do we even have a brunch account? That's true. All right. So I didn't mean to do this, but uh, let's get into a if we get divorced, how do we split it up? What what jokes do we get to keep making ourselves? I feel like you, you get Paddington humor. Paddington stuff from yeah, your account yeah, yeah, is yeah. totally fine. Um uh-huh. uh, You can you get get mama mia stuff what you could do is you could you could really fuck me and you could say hey look i really want to send music tweets i want to send tweets about music and then (laughs) that's just a bargaining chip you don't want to tweet about music but in order for me to get tweeting about music i got to give you pretty much everything else (laughs) yeah Oh boy, that would be that would be that would be like a real uh, that'd be a real score in the divorce is me like leveraging any music tweets and you just be like fine take it take the rest I want the I want the music tweets I could see that happening maybe it's because I've been watching the practice so much recently but I could see you being like uh, well I'm taking music tweets you wouldn't even want to tweet about music watch me or something like that. I could get into it. The practice is fucking me up, man. I've been watching. I feel so bad. At some point, you're going to get legitimately mad at me for not watching Fargo season one because I do yeah. keep watching other I already am. stuff. Right. You're like three years into being mad at me. Over You've it. watched Better Call Saul like three times straight through in a row Word. rather than watching <laughs> season one of Fargo. Church also knocked out the bear in two days. But uh, I've been watching the practice a lot and it's, it's a uh, law show. A courtroom procedural, if you will, set in Boston in the early 2000s, and it just rocks. I watch it all the time. 
I just want to talk to people about who they think the best attorney is there. It's obviously Eugene, played by Steve Harris. It's got a great cast. But Did, it's... Were, were you, like, around this weekend? Because we were talking about the practice. We were talking about the practice at Dead & Co. Oh, okay. That's what it was. And you had, a okay, quite, yeah. you had like, a, a good, correct I, I, assessment of it. You were like, oh, that's that uh, Dermot, Dylan, Don, Mulroney, <laughs> Donnie, uh, Dorr... Uh, Draper thing, and but I also came up with a with a fun fact that uh, that I don't think any of us in the group knew. What's that? Which was that uh, Allie McBeal was a spinoff of the practice. That's how. So man, so we would have to both be able to take fun facts because that that ability that's just pure brunch shit. You're talking about something you don't even know, and within a minute, you're like, ah. Oh, well, did you know this thing about this thing I'd never even heard of five seconds ago? We should I be researchers. Know more than you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We should be researchers for, I don't even know what, but we get to the bottom of stuff. I think we got the Dick Richards thing before we even watched Jaws. Yeah, we definitely did. 100%. A lot of the quote tweets, by the way, on the old uh, V tweet was like, holy shit, just look this up and it's true. Yeah, that's the best. It's like, okay, this stupid tweet. There's no way that this can be true. And then they're like, oh, my God. Like, I'm glad that we're bringing this to the mainstream. It deserves that attention. I'll tell you what I don't like about it, though. A common reaction is Dick Richards. Yeah, I'm like, that's the, yeah. that's the 50th thing on the list. One through 49 are that a hot shit rising star director signed on to do a shark movie and could not get his uh, – they're all animals, by the way. I, I, when people are like, is this a mammal of animals? Okay, that's – that's We're all animals, baby. That's just – yeah, let's just do it like they do. Annie, are you okay? Are you okay? Oh, my God. Speaking of bad tweets, there were some bad tweets about Smooth Criminal. You see those tweets? No. A lot of tweets about Alien Ant Farm, Smooth Criminal – it was like peak that that was as close as I came to tweeting I'm the only person who's allowed to tweet about music because there were like smart Why people did that come up a lot of like people in the ringer universe getting off tweets about smooth criminal shout out network Jason uh Concepcion do you yep. network is this, is I that think, the I think it's Concepcion Con, yeah who's a great follow but he tweeted uh like, man, this this should tell you like that that song is why you should never choose a cover as your first single. And I'm like, yo, that wasn't their first single. Not mad at this guy, just mad at like that's the kind of that that's what kind of that's what music tweets are. The average music tweet is some wrong. some take attached to something that is uh, not totally correct. You, you know, movies by Alien Ant Farm. That song rules. No. Were you too young for the Alien Ant Farm craze? You just miss it? I mean, it? I knew Smooth Criminal, but I didn't know anything else by them. You know what the lead singer looked like? No. He had, like, the inverted uh, faux hawk. He had, sh- like, a buzz cut and then a, a, a shorter stripe shaved into the middle of his oh, head. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? It was okay. an okay look. I wasn't trying that to drag stupid. network there. Just trying to drag the average music tweet that uh, isn't from the brunch account. So we went viral, and a lot of congratulations 
A lot of bouquets being thrown our way. Thought about just copying and pasting the Dylan D's Nuts tweet. Still might do it, actually. I think we all knew that you were thinking about doing that because you literally replied to the tweet. And we're like, I'm thinking about doing this. Well, I also do love the move of like, the tweet did go viral, but like you jumped on it pretty quickly when it had like 40 retweets and you were like, oh boy, it going viral. Oh, dude, I know. When you, when you know, you know. Since I stopped covering hockey, the the amount of action I truly get on Twitter is so like I, I during a hockey game, you send off a semi-relevant hockey tweet. Like yeah, what I consider what I consider viral now is like I don't know like I, I'm not I'm not getting twenty retweets on anything now unless I'm getting like a thousand retweets so I'm not getting the I'm not getting your that tweet did well so when once yeah, something I mean, gets to like sixteen seventeen I'm like ooh this is a big one I feel like I'm mostly on the uh, like the like around twenty now like rarely going viral just consistently pumping out like 20 to 30 i can't find the uh d's nuts tweet from dylan wow did he delete it imagine what a move that would be just catching that fish and throwing it back yeah right what is he uh i mean i just searched d chevery d's what could it be i don't know i'm gonna i don't know do i google D Chevery D's nuts. Okay, I think I found it. Oh yeah. Gonna blast it off real quick from the brunch account. Are you gonna rep- you're gonna like reply? Should I reply or, or just if I no, do it you should you should just copy paste the entire thing. That's what I was planning like, on doing, but yeah, if I do it yeah, clean just, and then go and then we go viral with it, that's that would be hilarious. So you you think that's a good idea? Yes, yeah, it definitely a good it's idea. It's horrible yeah. form. Yeah, but it's like horrible form in a joking way, like not like intentionally. We are intentionally stealing valor, which is what makes it funny. This is terrible etiquette. <laughs> I absolutely just blasted it off, but that's really bad yeah. etiquette. I mean, I mean, I mean, I think that just like getting the high of going viral and then just stealing other viral tweets like within our own network is such a good idea yeah <laughs> it shows you should blast off you should blast off the uh like the hillary clinton tweet yeah. from like six years ago when yep. she was at the inauguration bring back the uh send that one out bring back the uh patriots chargers safety uh ludicrous yeah thing that got that, 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 oh my! Yeah, that one's pretty good. That one's pretty good. But like, if we're talking about meme formats now, uh, the my favorite one now is the uh, the Usher one. Oh, that's watch he- this, watch this. It's so good. Dude, huge week in memes, man. Enormous week in memes. You've got Windy Windhorst, which yeah. is so good. I've watched that so many times, and uh, I haven't, I haven't, well, I haven't made it through the entire thing because it's just like so tough. <laughs> but the the screenshots are awesome because nobody knows where he's going and nobody's confident he's landing the plane so it is kind no, of a tough not. watch and i don't think that he was doing it 
in like the way you or I might do it, where it's like, I've kind of got these guys a little confused. Let's have fun with this. I think Wendy was really like, he thought he was uh, Benoit Blanc. <laughs> and he's like, hmm, this is very mysterious. By the way, uh, we've got the remote thing going on where uh, Pete's laughs are silent. This has already happened a couple of times. So another extremely not funny DJ episode. Add to the pile. We've got no laughter from Pete. Yeah, these remote episodes are tough because, uh, well, I mean, like always the remote episodes are lack the uh, the in-person energy, but also like the cutouts of when I'm like laughing at things. It just, just like makes it seem like you're podcasting by yourself and none of your jokes are landing. It's always good. I'm assuming the reason it happens is because like it's already got a signal coming from me. And then when another yeah. one is added to it, it's like, oh, there must be a fan on in the background. Shut the fuck up, fan. And I'm like, yo, without that fan, <laughs> the original signal is a bad, bad signal. Could this sweeten it in post. This is my only fan. That's right. Could sweeten in post. I d- man, I've been dreaming of getting one of those uh, oh. podcast you know uh, mixers. Do. We've talked about this several times going back years. It, one at one of these days we just got to do a laugh track episode yes there's so many one-off episodes we'd love to do we still never did the you think the pardon my take collab is ever happening probably not the pardon my take switcheroo at this point i would rather do that i love pardon my take at this point i would rather do that switcheroo with circling back anyway yeah same do you know that uh today will and i did a little side project I saw the Instagram story, and I saw Will looking like a real cutie patootie in a full suit at put, the uh, the washed headquarters. Put put Will on the old TV. We uh, were doing a news story on the Gentle Minions at the request of classic uh, classic little scheme and Dave over here. I suggested we do a Gentle Minions thing. Then suggested we get an expert on and then was like ah uh, oh i could think of there's this guy will who has been tweeting a lot about how he wants to be <laughs> a gentleman so we had him on what is a gentleman i don't know the the context so that's of this. the thing man i'm telling you huge week in memes you got the usher thing which is fantastic you've got wendy but you've also got the gentlemanians do you know so obviously movies are struggling at the box office. You're, if you're if you're unless you're like Top Gun Maverick, you're not opening with any money at the box office because we live in strange and uncertain times, as first reported here on Brunch. Minions: The The Rise of Gru just had the biggest Fourth of July box office open ever. This is not a particularly well received movie, and do you know why it's had the biggest box office open? For the 4th of July ever? No. Because of a trend called uh, Gentle Minions, which is where, at least from what I've seen, predominantly white young men <laughs> put on suits and go to see Minions The Rise of Gru <laughs> and are very gentlemanly about it and just like clap and they'll just look it up. You will find some wild shit. And that is incredible. Well, I mean, I did show you the uh, I showed you. Oh, this is probably part of it. 
I showed you the video. Remember the oh, uh, the, right, video right. the people of the, snuck the, in bananas. They brought they brought in a hundred pounds of bananas to see uh, the Minions movie, and a bunch of them were in suits. Okay, so that's that's where it gets interesting. First, let me introduce the Will aspect. He tweeted. This is one of my favorite tweets ever. I'm going to uh, text message it to you. Are you on text? I am on text. Uh, also, a quick little update, show update. Uh, we have gotten the uh, the retweet from Circling Back and a fave from Will DeVries. <laughs> if anyone would be in on it, Will. Oh, man. I don't want to power rank Circling Back guys because I love them so much. But uh, obviously, I just got to be like locked down to Dylan for life. But uh, the idea of us getting into bed with Will on anything is such a fun sneaky mischievous move yeah because we've got dylan's like unfledgling unwavering support and if there's anyone who's going to be up to tricks when it comes to the old d-man it's will so anyway the text message i sent you was wind horse meme yeah, I saw. It's very funny. Most 4th of July's, he's gassing beers on a body of water and listening to 90s country music. But this 4th of July, he's wearing a suit and marching through a movie theater. <laughs> now, why is that? <laughs> so so where, where the Gentle Minions thing is getting dicey is that people have misbehaved at movie theaters, showing up dressed as Gentle Minions and doing all sorts of bad stuff, making too much noise, which... Not gentlemanly. Which the 10-year-old girl sitting next to me when I went to see uh, Minions was not dressed as a gentle minion, but she was an undercover gentle minion because she would not be quiet. She was calling out obvious things about the movie at every turn, which made a 10-year-old the wrong age to see Minions. You either have to be a kid where you don't totally understand it, or you've got to be 14 and up where you totally understand it. You can't be in the middle where you're excited that you're understanding it. Like, you're excited that, (laughs) oh my god. The minions are kind of speaking nonsense, but they're sprinkling in various words among uh, across various languages. But uh, gentle minions are getting warnings when they show up to the theater that if they get one complaint, they're out. They're getting tossed. They're, I didn't know this until I asked Will about it on the television. He said uh, he doesn't condone the behavior of some of these bad apples who are apparently starting mosh pits. And <laughs> throwing things. I mean, that's the funniest thing in the world. Like, yeah, that's fifteen-year-old kids. Pit at a, a mosh pit at a movie theater in general is very funny, but a mosh pit of like teenage boys wearing suits is amazing. The only thing I didn't bring this up on the TV, and again, it's people from all different walks of life who are doing the gentlemen's thing. But a lot of them that I've seen are uh, young white men. If I don't know what gentlemen's is. And I show up to a movie theater and see a group of young white men. This is get, like lightly problematic, but I say this sincerely, just given that we're at a, in a very bad place in our country right now. If you see like a group of people dressed in suits and you don't really get what the joke yeah. is and you're not in on it, I bet that's like unsettling. legitimately unsettling for a lot of people. So there, yeah. there is some I mean, like not now. To I it. think it, at this point. Yeah, right. And I think at this point, like any sort of like costume, unless it's like Spider-Man or whatever, like going into the theater is would be a little unsettling. 
just because it's like that person came here with a mission, and I'm not sure if it's if the mission is to watch a movie. You know what can be unsettling is seeing your hair begin to turn gray. Not for me. I'm cool with my hair turning gray. It's happening little uh, bits and pieces. And what's great is as your hair does begin to turn gray, it's your call as to whether you want to keep that salt and pepper. You want to keep it a little darker for now until you're ready to totally embrace your inner silver fox. That's kind of where I am. And that's why I've embraced L'Oreal Paris Men Expert One Twist hair color. And you've heard me over the weeks discussing its ease of use. It's simple. It comes in the little box. Everything's there. You put on the gloves, which are in the box. You twist. You put it through your hair. It's very, very easy. It's the fastest, easiest, and most natural way to color your hair. It's the first men's hair color of its kind, offering natural, undetectable gray coverage thanks to its powerful ammonia-free gel formula. I haven't even had people coming up to me saying, Hey, whoa, did you do something with your hair? And that's what makes you feel good about it. Because if you are nervous about it, then everybody can be weird, even when they get a haircut. If they begin to color their hair, whatever, you don't want to always get that, hey, you've changed this thing about your looks. Because we're just, we're at a weird place with the expectations that we put on people's bodies. So it's good to be able to do something undetectable and look good doing it. And that's been my experience with L'Oreal Paris Men Expert One Twist Hair Color. Get in on that. I've told you about the Shade Matcher tool. Super easy to find out whether you're a jet black, a real black, a dark brown, a type of blonde, red hair. If You you probably already know if you've got red hair, but if you don't, that L'Oreal Paris Shade Matcher tool is great. So check out L'Oreal Paris Men Expert One Twist Hair Color. It is fantastic. Used by me, used by Dylan, used by you if you want. The Usher thing, though. We haven't used it at all. Somebody used it about ad reads uh, of uh, you doing a clean read or thinking you're getting through a clean read and then me doing the, hey, watch this. (laughs) It's so good. All I learned there Uh, is that Usher did a tiny desk. Who knew? Was that what that's from? Looks like it. Okay. Uh, I do like the idea of, of establishing new memes and trends where like people just act polite, like going back to the uh, gentlemanians thing, just like a bunch of teenage boys acting polite as a bit. It's like kind of funny and also harmless, and I'm into that. Yeah, the most popular TikTok I've seen of it is uh, people walking into the theater, them kind of standing in a line. And then a shot from, you know, like the baseball game shot when you're at a baseball game with a bunch of people and you take the everyone's in their seats and it's like a shot down the line of all the faces. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They did one yeah, from yeah. that angle and they were all just uh, like clapping politely as the movie started. That's really funny. I think that's you, very good. You're right. That's good, clean fun. Uh, how long do you think the Windhorst meme is going to last? Uh, that seems like one that could very well last for years, like not in like, not in like peak popularity, but like that one may just be around for quite a long time. Hmm. Something that's not going to be around for a long time is Better Call Saul. It's entering its final six episode run coming up Monday. And we've told you that we're going to be all in Saul in on the Saul content haven't been in the same place, so we haven't been able to shoot an ad for it, but I'm very into the idea of making a bootleg green screen and making a Saul style, 
or Jimmy McGill style ad. Like get those three kids. The yeah, I'm very in on uh, calling it Saul in. Saul in. Yeah, I think that's a good idea because it could be like a a a, a playoff of all in Whoa. or call in. Oh, we could make it a so a, we could have like a call in show. Calling all cars. For, uh, that's right. <laughs> wee so, wee. I think this is. Uh, I think we're onto something here. Saul in. Yeah, this week's uh, bonus episode is going to be one that we've been planning forever, and I've wanted to do it forever. And you've been like, "Hey, hey, pump the brakes. Let's wait until Saul's coming back, and we can get people all horned up for the Saul stuff when we do that." So, uh, didn't know though that that was also that meant that we were going to have to do this in a busy week where uh, both of us have a stupid amount of stuff going on, and we're not in the same place. But Friday, rest assured, you will get an episode where we explore which show. I don't, I just, I've been like doing research on this and still don't have an answer. Which show has better characters between Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad? Obviously, a lot of we're talking we're talking um like individual characters, individual and like unique to those shows, not ones with crossover. Right, because some of them, I mean, some though. You could say, oh, well, it's Better Call Saul, because Better Call Saul, in addition to having Nacho and all these great characters, uh, has Hank. But it's like, yo, Hank's been like four episodes. Some characters maybe yeah. will say should be um, more specific to one than the other. But like Gus and Mike, I think, are kind of ineligible to be to say that yeah. it's like a... Even though Better Call Saul is like Mike's show it's like the mike and jimmy show yeah, Saul will struggle it because I mean, I mean yeah mike definitely has more shine in uh in in saul but like he is instrumental in in breaking bad too so i feel like you you have to rule him out i'm also excited to kind of pour through just a lot of the characters because we've everybody loves everybody loves jimmy and everybody loves kim wexler and mike and everything but I don't know how much we've talked about, like, Marie. We've talked about Marie and Hank and their love life for some reason a bunch of times, but it's going to be good to dip into... We've talked about Marie Callender. I'm going to get me Marie (laughs) Callender's. What did you say? Go down to Marie Callender's. Get me some pie. Ice cream. (laughs) Maybe, what did you say? Maybe... Maybe put it on my head. <laughs> Tastes so good. Ah, I'm gonna... That show is so, that movie is so terrible, and like we quote that all the time, and that literally the, the reaction is always the same. It's just what the fuck is that from? Because nobody has seen Geely. Yeah, we got it, man. So we've got so all the Saul stuff is going to be on the brunch Patreon, and including we're going to do a post game show. After every new break, uh, better call Saul episode. So please get on the Patreon. A because we we want to keep that Patreon good. We want to be able to uh, do fun things for the podcast. And B, uh, yeah, we've got a couple of we've got a couple of podcast specific trips we'd like to do coming up that we'd like to be able to uh, to pay for. But also, man, we gotta get we gotta get that soundboard. We I would love to be able to just when I brought up 
uh, Marie, for you to just be able to hit that button. And then I've got a button over here, and I hit it too. So it's got like a staggered, like Marie Callum. Marie Callum is pie. Well, I really want to get going on like a full uh, permanent studio. Yeah. Uh, or like video setup that we can uh, be more comfortable in. We've been like rocking a very shoddy, thrown together studio for the past six months or so. And. We gotta get going on on a on a new thing, and and I think that having a soundboard and having some cooler uh, technological abilities would be a cool way to to pump that up a little bit. Yeah, like, do we need to register? Do we need to show like a, a registry for how we would like to spend the Patreon? We'd also not to say like if you awesome. if you join the Patreon, we'll do this or whatever. But like we've also we've used the Patreon before to. Um, make charitable donations and it's mm-hmm. good to be able to have that for uh yourself for, yeah and uh, i mean we've also used as you know we've used the patreon to buy ourselves hockey jerseys but <laughs> i was just about to say we we it's very rare that we pay ourselves with the patreon which is just classic stupidity on our part because the goal should be to make the patreon a hustling and bustling profitable thing so if god forbid either of us are out of a job or one day maybe we could have the option to choose to be out of a job so we could do this and more of it but anyway uh get on the patreon patreon.com slash listen to brunch sometimes we'll just toss questions on there and you can answer them yeah i think that that's a, that'd be a good thing to do for the saw in uh you could have people just leave comments and questions on the oh, Patreon yes. that we could address immediately. That is what we'll do, Peter. We'll post on the Patreon uh, like kind of like Reddit, you know, and they'll do yeah. like a show thread or something. Yeah. So we'll just comment like, hey, leave questions, thoughts, whatever. We're going to try to have guests on the post-game show, still working out the details of whether we'll make this a live thing. The goal is to make it a live thing, right? You prefer? I would say Twitch. Yeah, but we'll make it a secret Twitch. Or I don't know how, yeah. how do you do that. Do you know how to do that? Can we do like a passcode no. to get in? I think you can do it just like a live stream through Patreon, actually. So we might just be able to do that. Interesting. So we'll have to explore the uh, the capabilities of Patreon. I truly fucking man, I, I can't wait to do this for the podcast. But I also just can't wait for Saul to be back. Do you remember how that I mean, show same. left off? I bet you don't even remember. Uh, I'm kidding. I do you, remember you how do. that show left <laughs> off for sure. The... I absolutely do. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, especially now that there's no hockey and like no real like super heavy sports commitments, and not even like just sports. I feel like I've lost all of my weekly TV viewing recently. Uh, so having that Monday monday thing to look forward to every monday although my biggest complaint about saul is that i constantly think that it's on sunday nights and then sunday nights roll around and i'm like fuck i gotta wait another day yeah we still haven't necessarily experienced the uh i think within a year or so we're gonna start to get that like hey uh, insecure where'd you go kind of feeling like a lot of favorite shows have ended and once saul's done it's going to be, I mean, one door closes, others open, but... Yeah, we'll find new shows. I, man, I, I, did, uh, I did two episodes of The Bear, the new Jeremy Allen White show on Hulu, which, this is, a, this is weird. This is a, a project in which uh, John Bernthal 
plays a uh, smaller character than you would think he would. This never happens oh, yeah, in John Bernthal's very unique. career. Very, very unique. Uh, it's got a great cast. It's. Do you know what it's about? A bear. It's about a like wunderkind chef whose brother dies, so he goes back to his brother's. I still can't tell what it is, but it's like a restaurant of. It's a food place of some kind. Uh, let's say it's like a sandwich shop, but it's better than that. I think he goes to the sandwich shop that he's inherited from his brother, and he's basically just making sandwiches. It's got sh- big time chef vibes, where somebody who's way, way, way overqualified goes and does like a kind of for love of the game thing, like a grassroots type thing, right? But here's the thing. It ain't for love of the game. It is so stressful. Apparently, it's it's been praised for how realistically it depicts working in a kitchen because it's just people screaming like at each that. other the whole time. <laughs> it's I, I thought that I was clever doing this. Apparently, everybody said this when watching it. It's uncut gems. Okay. It's food uncut gems, but it's like it does have chef elements where you're like, yo, I want to hit pause and just look at this for a second. How you making that polenta, brah? How you making that sandwich? You know what pairs well with a good sandwich? What's that? A nice Vizzy hard oh, seltzer. It, does. it hits. Watch it this. always hits. Watch it always this. hits in any situation, but especially during the summer because the summer is when you gather outside with the boys. Maybe you're going to see uh, Despicable Me, Rise of Gru. Uh, that's what it's called, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, maybe you're g- being gentle minions, and sometimes gentle minions get thirsty. And if you want to get thirsty at the movie theater, maybe sneak in a Vizzy Hard Seltzer. I just got to interrupt you there, and I hate to do the usher, watch this, watch this, but this is actually a productive thing. Gentle minions, you are getting smoked on the way. They are, the, the cops are at the door begging you to show up with alcohol so they can <laughs> boot you out right quick. But if you're going to take the risk with any alcohol... Make it a Vizzy. That's right, because no matter where the summer takes you, there's one thing for sure. It's going to be a vibe. And when there's vibes, you know that Vizzy Hard Seltzer is involved. They pass the vibe check with bold and delicious fruit flavors like pineapple mango, black cherry lime, strawberry kiwi, blueberry pomegranate. Uh, they also have lemonade hard seltzers as well as mimosa hard seltzers. Each variety pack offers four delicious fruit flavors. Uh, like papaya passion fruit, watermelon strawberry, blackberry lemon, raspberry tangerine. All of them are incredible. Vizzy Hard Seltzer is the v- seltzer that passes the vibe check because it is a vibe. To find Vizzy near you, go to VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash washed. That's VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash washed. Uh, for more updates on the latest flavor drops, go to VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash subscribe. You must be 21 or older to be a... Thirsty gentleman drinking Vizzy Hard Seltzer. If you're also drinking a Vizzy, you know what pairs well with the Vizzy? Donuts. I'm in trouble, man. You know this. You, you were here for the origins of this. There's a donut place on my street, and it was at a friend's place one time. They, had, they were like, hey, someone brought donuts from insert donut place. It's, it's actually real close to you. And I was going, we were going to a cookout this weekend, and I was like, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll show up with donuts from that place. We only could stay for a little bit because 
we were going to Dead & Co. So brought these donuts, couldn't really properly celebrate the donuts. So we took to-go nuts, to-go nuts. And then the next day, I just went back to that place and got a donut. And now I am perilously close to just becoming a donut every day guy. Uh, there are worse things that you could be. Uh, I think we've had we had the discussion. Is your idea and your uh, proposal Uh-oh. is that like no? It was like one hour every day. I go to a coffee shop. Oh yeah, and I am productive, and I think that it's like a good way to like split my day up, be productive for an hour, like get some good vibes in, and I think that that's a great idea. I did that in Denver. I went to uh, a diner. And just like sat there for like an hour and a half, just kind of vibed out. I wasn't very productive, but I thought that it was a great way to kind of like reinvigorate my day. Had a couple cup, cups of coffee, had like a light-ish, lightish fare, and it like saved the rest of my day. I'm so, so like going to a donut shop and having like one donut per day is not the worst thing in the world. So I'm so glad to hear that because. Uh, I didn't invent this, but uh, I stumbled upon it in therapy. Just was like talking about uh, something or whatever and uh, said like maybe, I don't know, maybe like I should try going to a coffee shop or something. And just because I was, I was saying I missed uh, when I covered hockey, I'd go to a practice and then a lot of the time I'd go to a coffee shop and write, which is like, whatever, that's just going and getting some work done somewhere. But I was like, maybe I should just get back to doing that, even though I'm not like actually going and covering something. And then just kind of workshopped it with the old therapist. And uh, we just call it, even though I think this is, I say that this probably isn't a good name for it. She says it's a fine, I just call it office hours. I go and every day, well, sometimes I get a cookie. Mostly I just get coffee, bring my laptop, bring whatever thing I have to work on. And even if it's something small, if it's like, hey, let's, uh, we want to get somebody on brunch, email their publicist. That takes like three seconds to do, but I'll just make like an hour out of it and I'll get whatever yeah. other stuff done. And it's probably, it's a three second task that you probably wouldn't do otherwise. Exactly. You sat down and where you were like, I need to do some tasks right now. Exactly. All little things that you don't really for some reason you might put off just put it into that category and yeah it's a good way of putting it like a small thing that you just probably wouldn't do otherwise and it's been very helpful in terms of what you just said breaking up the day and also getting a few more things done being a little more on top of stuff so i'm glad you're doing it yeah i recommend it i did it today i forgot my charger for my laptop and my computer was dead so I just sat there with a, I had a notebook because I had taken a call earlier and had a bunch of stuff written in that. So I was just going back and forth between my notebook and my phone with a dead computer sitting in front of me as I ate a cookie, probably looked like the craziest, most insane person in the world, was only missing like a typewriter to finish the image, but it's good and I recommend it. Yeah, I mean... uh Speaking of our our pal Will DeFreeze, I remember he had a Sunday Scaries episode a little while back about like how to combat the Sunday Scaries and like not overwhelm yourself on a Sunday. And he basically said that like he likes to just come up with a list of of like five 
things that take five minutes or less that like he would consider productive and then like knock them out over the course of a Sunday to feel like he had a productive day without putting in a ton of effort. And I think that's a really good idea because like a lot of those smaller tasks will just sit undone forever because you're like, ah, oh, it's a small thing. I can do it whenever. So it just like you just keep procrastinating it over and over and over again. But when I went to the diner, man, I had like a classic diner experience. I did uh, soup and salad. Oh, with coffee. And then after I was done with that, I waited about like 10 minutes, like finished up my coffee, ordered another coffee and then ordered a uh, chocolate chip cookie. Yes. The chocolate chip cookie was a it was something that, that like I would never order a cookie at like a diner until you said like a cookie is a good move. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I get tried it. it and it was awesome. Like it was really, really good. I, I was a little disappointed. They didn't heat it up. Mm. My, I wanted a I wanted a little bit of a warm gooey cookie. My concern with the donut thing, like doing office hours at a donut place, is I eat I'll eat a donut so quickly. I think that I can I mean I'm eating a cookie quickly as well, but sometimes I'll do it at a sweet green, man. That sounds not fun, but sometimes I'll do it at a sweet green. I have a new complaint about sweet green. Have diet soda there. For some reason, I don't have diet soda there. They don't have any soda there. I've found that uh, it's probably because it's isn't it healthy, right? They don't have the the worst thing in the world for you. But I've found we were talking about good uh, food and drink combinations off the pod socially, and most of my things were just like insert candy bar plus water. But uh, one of mine that I've really stumbled upon is salad plus diet coke. Very much hits for me. Yeah, that's very, very innovative by you. Yeah, no one else is doing that. Uh, no one else is doing that for sure. A move that I uh, really like is uh, there's an AMC. There's a sweet green near the AMC that I go to. So I'll do a raspberry Diet Coke from the AMC, get a huge one, Marie Callendas, and then go to sweet green after, bring it with me, got that uh, doggy bag of raspberry Diet Coke, and do you even suck see a movie, that down. or do you just, you just use one of your tickets to go in and get a, a giant Diet Coke <laughs> so you can walk it over to Sweet Green? <laughs> that would be so illegal. That would like illegal in that like I'm on a list kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, like you could definitely do that. There's no laws preventing. There's nothing that says you can't order a steak and a glass of water. Right, right. But that means that, that like you automatically do other illegal stuff. So they've got <laughs> yeah. you. That's like that's probable cause for. A lot of like search and seizures, I would say. No, I'll go and I'll go and, s- and do the movie, suck down a little bit of that raspberry D, and then bring it to. Uh, this it sucks. So Pete's funny. laughing so hard. This sucks. <laughs> I'm not even laughing at anything you're saying. I'm laughing at the idea in my mind of uh, of somebody having like an AMC A list Stubbs membership specifically so can overpay so that, for so soda that, so that so that they can get three jumbo sodas per week instead of seeing three movies not only can they get three jumbo sodas per week they can get three nine dollar sodas <laughs> per week i pay thirty dollars a month for the privilege to spend twenty seven dollars on three glasses of soda <laughs> that's such a good the best subscription service out there, the the Jumbo Diet Coke Machine subscription at AMC. We should do an ad for AMC A-List 
that's like shows what a bad use of money it is if you do it that way and then be like or for five dollars a month that's nothing if you got it you get the brunch patreon can let us you can let us get we should, fired we should have jobs. a goal we should have a goal in the brunch patreon like uh if we hit like some monetary value that will buy a Coke freestyle machine and put it in the studio. Yo, we were talking with RL the other day about getting a Coke freestyle machine because we were uh, commending uh, actor, writer, director, and producer Ben Affleck on his famous soda machine that has both Diet Coke and Diet Pepsi fountains. What a legend. And RL was saying that if he had Affleck money, he's getting a freestyle machine. And who's yeah. who's to say no to that? I bet a freestyle I mean, machine is so expensive. It's probably so expensive, and the upkeep would be a pain in the ass because you got to refill that shit all the time. But like, if you're getting a freestyle machine, you've got the the resources to have whatever subscription service it is that they come out and service your freestyle machine. Okay. Uh, Guess how much, according to the Atlanta Journal and Constitution, good thing Atlanta Journal Constitution is following this story. Uh, although, why would it make sense for the Atlanta commercial, uh, Journal Constitution to write this story, Peter? Coca-Cola is based in Atlanta. Famously, we're Atlanta guys. Uh, the minimal price of the Coke Freestyle is around $2,000. Honestly, that's way less than I expected. Would I was do that? Say like, I was gonna say like eight grand. Would do that, uh, but it can go as high as eleven thousand five hundred dollars once renovating elements are added due to the size of the freestyle equipment. Coca Cola also rents the equipment for around three fifty a month. Honestly, can't do the eleven thousand five hundred. Also, can't do the two thousand. But like. We could. This could get depending on how the Patreon does, and if we really just never want to make money ever, the we Patreon could maybe like put it on a couple of credit to, cards. <laughs> the Patreon exists solely to sustain and keep our heads like maybe slightly above water uh, and feed our our Coke freestyle addiction. And we're not talking for the brunch account to be above water. We're talking about, like for us to be above water, right? Like. To, for us, for neither of us to be insolvent, like my wife will leave me if you if you don't subscribe to the brunch Patreon. I need to pay these Coke freestyle bills. Yeah, it's like, hey, how come your fiance doesn't have? Uh, and how, how come you got married and uh, neither of you did rings? Oh well, the ring thing does like that has nothing to do with like our lifetimes or whatever. Also, I've got this soda machine that. Putting the money into that just is a lot cooler. Why is your why is your wedding registry just literally diet coke service or uh, <laughs> Dr Pepper refills for Coke Freestyle? Yo, Coke Freestyle machines are cool. I used to not like them, but now that I'm doing Raspberry D, I am I'm into it. The only the only issue that I have with Coke Freestyle machines is that it's just immense pressure to decide what you want. Yeah. They also That's why having one would be awesome because you could just do whatever you want. I got to know though that that it's not like Keurig where different levels are different uh d- different performances. Like I've got oh, a Keurig see. that's for the home, but man, you've heard me talk about that bitch ass. That's like such a 
Keurig stink, man. I yeah. had one for forever, and they are trash. The coffee is so bad. I'd rather make my own coffee. The coffee. I have an espresso. I have an espresso now, and I I would still rather make my own coffee. But like the Nespresso is at least a palatable option for a quick coffee. Keurig's also the first couple of days will make you a quick cup of coffee. Keurig does not make coffee in a timely manner. It takes so long. Once you've had it for a couple of days, not a couple of days, maybe a couple of months, it will turn into like a minute to make you a cup of coffee. And that's unacceptable to me. The bitch ass one that you have is like brutal. You must have like the like the biggest jalopy of a Keurig machine that has ever existed. Nah, because that I thing, did the stupid that, American consumer thing, which is like, hey, what's the cheapest one? Okay, I'll get like three models up, even though it means I'm paying $100 more for it, and I have no idea what else it does. I'm just not going to buy the cheapest one, which is a stupid thing to do. It, probably not for Keurig, though, because like the, Keurig, the cheapest Keurig that they have are like probably the ones that they have in hotel rooms, and those ones barely work those things man i had a good those viral things, those non-viral things spit tweet. out sewage i had a good non-viral tweet about my keurig you remember that one no it was my bitch ass i did say my bitch ass keurig i said uh, my bitch ass keurig every 12 hours and it was uh player one in uh it was player one in squid game saying to Gion, uh pour some water in there <laughs> that's a very good one because you, you yeah. man you use the thing like twice and it's like uh do you have any water like what are you a, what are you a plant <laughs> with all the, the watering you need hey we saw dead and co at gillette stadium and we uh did. people were freaking out they couldn't believe we were there we were getting lots of high fives everyone was all excited giving us donuts buying us chicken tenders we got chicken Somebody tenders. Somebody walked arm in arm with me. A uh, surprise ambush, arm in arm walk back to the car. That's true. I didn't see that, and you were like, "Hey, was, was that person okay?" Weird. When I was like, "Which person?" And you were like, "A person just started walking arm in arm with me, and I didn't know if they maybe didn't have their balance or whatever." Uh, no, I, no. My my biggest concern was that she was trying to get away from somebody. Like oh, she was. Like I, thought she was a, I thought she was. I thought she was like pretending that I was her boyfriend, mm. so that like somebody would leave her alone. So I didn't say anything, and I was just like, "Okay, I'll just keep walking like this." But then, like, I think that she got like annoyed that I didn't say anything on her preposterous move, and she just went back to the group of guys that she was walking with. Ah. But it was your first Dead & Co. experience. We got an hour-long delay because there was uh, it rained. So they played two songs. Not on us, though. Two, yeah, two songs, hour-long delay. We were the first dry row. God is so good. And we just sat there. Everybody else was running like crazy, except for actually a lot of deadheads were psyched about the rain. Dancing in the rain, yeah. We we didn't do too much uh, post discussion of the show, but I know that well, you had a good time. There's a reason for that. Why? Oh, because we almost saw we somebody witne- die. We witnessed a horrific car crash on the way home from the concert. Yeah, that kind of like ruined the. Uh, let's talk about the concert itinerary. Yeah, somebody uh, start was flying to the right of us, and we were like, "What's going on?" And I'd, I I was. Uh, I had an insane car accident happen right near me the previous time I went to Gillette a couple weeks ago, and I told you about it that day. And how? Just yeah, like, like literally that afternoon, we were talking about the horrible car accident that you watched leaving Gillette. That we just barely. And then on the like, leaving Gillette, 
barely saw another missed. horrible car accident. Yeah, and it was like it took like a miracle to not be involved in it ourselves. The guy on the right of us was going like ninety miles an hour at least, and then for some reason cut over three lanes of traffic and then slammed into uh, a pickup truck. This was a person driving a smaller car. Uh, going like 90 miles an hour, slammed into a pickup truck, put them into the median, like sparks flying everywhere, parts of the car flying into the middle of the road, airbags deploying. Small uh, car spun like, out in front of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like somehow missed. You ran over like a piece of, of the pickup truck, I think. Yeah. But like no worse for wear. I thought for sure that like, he was going to hit the guy, spin back into our lane, and like take us out as well. And f- holy shit, that was terrifying. Hopefully, the person is okay. But I'm almost a hundred percent sure that if like those cars were reversed, if it was a truck going like ninety miles an hour, swerving into the left lane and drilling that smaller car, that person would have been dead. Yeah, it was really, it was really scary. And like I said, I'd. I was on my way to Gillette a couple weeks ago, and an insane thing like that happened, and it involved a car spinning out in front of us, and my friend was driving, and he like just had to jump into the left lane, into the next lane without looking, and mercifully, there was nobody in the lane, and that caused, that saved the, the, the pileup that ensued from being that much worse. At least one car more, yeah. Right. And honestly, like when it's at the front of the pile up, one car, it's like a pyramid scheme. One more yeah. at the top means probably five more uh, because it's taking up another lane. And it was, yeah, th- th- this one was really, really scary because I slowed down as much as I possibly could. I couldn't jam on the brakes because if I jammed on the brakes, then that's another pile up. Yeah, you would have, yeah, right. You would have just gotten somebody would have been in your back seat. I got to I, I yeah we we just, we just got lucky but it was insane it was, because yeah, the rest you of the ride got lucky but it's like it's seeing that shit is like is horrifying cuz it's like there was the person directly next to us doing absolutely nothing wrong minding their business just cruising along trying to get home probably and then the idiocy of the the person going 90 miles per hour, per hour for whatever reason whether they were drinking or just like insane psychotic with a death wish like they could have fucked up that person's life yeah we were i mean we were searching twitter uh we did this man second time in three weeks group i was with uh both times we had to make the call powering twitter for fatal notices yeah, oh, yeah with 911 yeah it was the first time that i made an adult 911 call yeah but you did it you did it well we were both both of our voices were shaking we're like, where, where, where are we? And I was like, where are there? Uh, we were like, we were, should have been. We were both pretty freaked. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 100%. And I was just shocked that, like, they didn't ask for any information on the phone. Like, I wanted to tell them. Oh, my God. Like, I was like, hey, dime whoever was driving that small car is completely 100% at fault. I mean, like, I'm sure that they are able to fig- figure that out. Like, they're police officers and they have, like, investigative whatever to do to figure that shit out. And I'm sure there might have been witnesses that stuck around, but I wanted to be like, just for the record, the pickup truck was not at fault whatsoever. Yeah, man. But aside from that, the show was a great time. 
was. Mayor brought it. The Bob Weir's the coolest person in the world. I my love for that man knows no bounds. Mainly just because he always looks cool. I saw someone tweet the other he day. He does. Uh Oh, Jason Isbell tweeted like uh Hey, just want to say I'm pro guys wearing shorts. And a bunch of people responded and they were like, yeah, just never on stage, though. And that is true. You don't see a lot of musicians wearing shorts on stage uh, or male musicians wearing shorts on stage. And the first thing I thought was like, I don't know if you remember, maybe a year or two ago, I, I there was this picture of Bob Weir wearing like, I think he was wearing a tank in super short oh, shorts, yeah, yeah. and I was like, "This is my new aesthetic. I'm yeah. stealing yeah, this for that. life." He, he just always looks cool, and as an old man uh, with all the shit on his face. Yeah, and I, I don't know, like, if I'm, I don't think I'm a, I'm a deadhead still after seeing them. Like, I had a great time, but like, I had no idea what any of the songs were played, uh, except for they did do a couple covers. Yeah, and the covers were very good. Yeah. Um, they did Hey Jude. Mm-hmm. What else did they do? They did Knocking on Heaven's Door. Oh, that one was great. But a lot of their songs anyway are cut. Co- so they played Good Lovin', which is a cover. Uh, they played uh, Dear Mr. Fantasy, which is a cover. I'm sure some other ones. But here's what's going to happen. They, they probably, you don't even know it maybe yet, but the seed's kind of planted. And one day you're just going to be like, huh, what should I listen to? Oh, I'll just put on the dead and you'll maybe you'll text me or Ryan being like, hey, if I want to listen to the dead, what should I put on? And maybe or maybe you'll just search Grateful Dead and put on Europe 72, which is what I do a lot. And it's a nice thing to have on. Sometimes I fall asleep to it. And before long, a lot of these songs are just in your brain and you'll hear it somewhere yeah, just, ingrained in your memory. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. Like they were play, uh, they played Bertha and like I don't know that song by name. But once they're playing it for like 30 seconds, I'm kind of singing along because I'm like, I know this fucking song. <laughs> yeah, that's the, only, that's the only one that I like remember lyrics to from, from the show, which is weird. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I, so like, I'm, I wouldn't say that I'm a deadhead or whatever, but like, whenever they come around, I'll just like be down to go because it was such a good time. And like, I don't know if I'm ever going to like listen to studio stuff or like listen to them outside of just seeing Dead and Co. But. I'm not ruling it out either. Yeah, I, I don't. Li- I don't listen to Grateful Dead studio stuff. I uh, other than the studio version of um, Touch of Grey is awesome, and the studio version of uh, of shit. Oh, uh, Shakedown Street is awesome. But other than that, I'll just search Grateful Dead on Spotify. Find a uh, location and year that sounds cool. It'll be like uh, Philadelphia, 1989. And I'm like, ah, that sounds nice. And that's what all the Grateful Dead stuff is. Like Europe 72 is their popular one, but there's also like Cornell 77. And I'll be like, oh, I'm going to put on Cornell 77. And imagine being like Andy Bernard's dad, just like at a great or be like, imagine I'm Bruce Arena at like a Grateful Dead show. That's probably around when he was there. That's super cool. And listen to Yeah, I don't hate it. Grateful Dead. Uh so that's Maybe that. Maybe I'll do that at the coffee shop. Oh. Dead and Co. Thief. That's not Ooh. a bad bad move. 
Uh, brunch Patreon, please. We need the machine. <laughs>